Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of your favorite Madman podcast, Made Man, where I just finished watching season four, episode four, The Rejected. You know, a lot of the time I like to take the title of the episode and kind of see it at face value and see if there's some subtext to it. And last week, I completely forgot to do that until after I recorded the episode. The episode was called The Good News. And during when uh, Dawn was at that restaurant with the young woman, she was talking about her her Bible-loving roommate and always talking about the good news. And at the same time, he was getting bad news about uh, Anna Draper you know, having cancer. And I completely dropped the ball on that and forgot about it. But this week, and I'm going to segue into that because there is a little mention of Anna in this episode. Uh, this week, I will not drop the ball on the rejected, what it meant and what it really meant. Um, and should we get, just kind of get started? Uh, where did this episode start? I can't, I honestly don't remember. I just started watching it and I already forget where we were. Oh, I'm going to tell you where we were. I'll, you know what? I'm sure I'm wrong either way, but, um, the rejected, we see pretty early on in an elevator when Peggy gets in an elevator and there's a young woman there holding a, um, holding some photographs that life magazine rejected because they were nudes. Uh, and this young woman and Peggy sparked up a conversation and, uh, Peggy was interested in the photographs because she thought the photo- photography was really good. And the young woman, I believe, was interested in Peggy. Uh, and they got talking and uh, the woman ended up coming by Peggy's place, Peggy's place of work and saying, hey, let's uh, we should go hang out at this party. Gives her an address as you come here late and you can see the guy, the photographer and other things. You know, he's working on other things. And, uh, you know, you could I could tell right away that this woman was sort of, you know, flirting and throwing herself at Peggy. Um, and I, I remember, you know, last couple seasons ago when the, uh, was it the French guy said he was homosexual and everyone was like, what, what is, what is that? Oh my goodness. So, um, you know, they, they don't really mention it here, but, um, well, at least I think Peggy wouldn't really care. And she doesn't because she ends up going to this party and seeing this girl, and it's like in an abandoned building, and this weird avant-garde video playing, and she ends up seeing this girl, and the girl gives her a little weed, and then tries to kiss her, and she's like, whoa, 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 I have a boyfriend. She didn't freak out that it was a woman. She just said, I have a boyfriend, and, and the woman's like, well, he, he doesn't own your vagina, and she's like, well, he's renting it for now, and they're giggling and laughing, and, you know, it, it seems like all it's done is spark up a friendship, I think. I don't think it's going to be any, go any further. Um, because Peggy has a boyfriend and she also has, it seems like she has eyes and feelings for someone else. And that is a, is a little, uh, play into the subtext of the title, the rejected. Um, I'm going to go all over the place because me and the order of things is terrible. So, um, Peggy actually, when she's at the party with this woman, 
she meets the guy who took the photographs and she's like, oh, we're looking for a photographer. He's like, oh, what do you do? I'm a writer. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm a copywriter. Oh, no, no. But what do you but what, what do you write? So like, that's writing, copywriting. And the photographer guy's like, why would I ever work for an advertising agency? You know, the idea of art and advertising do not go together. So they're looking down on Peggy's um, profession, basically. The idea that, that um, you're in advertising. That's, you know, that's what old stuffy white men do to try to, um, you know, lie to us and get us to buy things like cold cream. And speaking of cold cream... Pond's cold cream is a big deal that they have. And it's, it's Freddy's, uh, Freddy's from last week. It's his client, right? Um, because he's, he was in on it during the, uh, the sessions they had with the girls. And, um, the issue is, is that Palm's cold cream is a bigger account than Clearasil. Uh, so Lane and um, uh, Roger got together with Lane and got together with Pete and to tell him some bad news. Now the, the big issue is um, early on in the episode we see Don and Roger on the phone with Lee from Lucky Strike, and Lucky Strike is easily their biggest client, their biggest money maker. But they it seems like they're not happy with the fact how much they're being billed. They think they're being billed too much. And it turns out maybe they are being billed a lot because they need them. Um, they know they can pay and they need them to uh, help co- cover costs. And it was funny. They were talking over the phone about, yes, we, we're changing the way you advertise. You can't have teens anymore. You can't have uh, athletes anymore uh, or, or you know, celebrities or something like that. But um, it's the, And it's like, oh, your lawyers are the ones who came up with the rules. So you could just see early on how dirty the tobacco was, big tobacco. Um, but because of these, um, issues with billing and money, they actually need to drop Clearasil because it's not bringing enough, enough money and Palms is seeing it as a conflict of interest. So they make Pete go and tell his father-in-law who got him Clearasil, um, that why am I yawning? He, they make him go tell Meet up with the father-in-law. I was like, "Look, you gotta, you gotta tell him the bad news." So he meets up with his father-in-law for a drink, and he's about to tell him. And the father's like, "I know why you're here," and uh, I'm so excited. And he, Pete's like, "What are you talking about?" It's like Trudy and your mother, and my and her mother went to the doctor. Pete's like, "What are you talking about?" And the guy's like, "Oh my god, oh my goodness, I wasn't, I, I thought you knew." And Pete starts getting really happy. Because Trudy's pregnant and Pete is going to be a pappy. Uh, you know, you think Pete would freak out about it, but he was, he didn't care about how he, uh, didn't care about where he heard it. He was just ecstatic that he was going to be a father. He goes home and tells Trudy and or goes home and sees Trudy and she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he doesn't care. He just gives her a big hug and he's like, oh, I, I, I don't care how I found out. I mean, he's so happy and he's like, I, I can't, like this, this feels so different than I thought it would feel. And Trudy's like, well, silly, how would you ever know how it feels? And I want to be like, well, because he already got Peggy pregnant right before he married you, young lady. Um, 
And Pete had this faraway look in his eyes like, um, no, you're right. I wouldn't know anything about it. Uh, never mind, change the subject. So he changes the subject and starts telling her about uh, the fact that they have to uh, drop Clarisil. And Trudy's like, well, you know, you, you taught me about conflict. I understand what that means. We'll just bring him over tomorrow. He'll be so ecstatic about being a grandfather that um, we can just tell him then. And Pete's like, I guess so, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he tells Lane, sorry, I can't tell my dad until tonight. Um, but uh, oh, they were going to meet with someone else. I forget. But um, he's like, you know, did you tell him yet? And I can't tell him until tonight. Uh, but he's coming by. I'm going to be a father. And he's like, well, that should lessen the blow. And then Lane's like, I'm sorry. I apologize. You know, that, that was very wrong. Um, congratulations. It's the best of news. Um, oh, and that's right. Pete uh, couldn't meet with a client because he had a lunch. He, oh, that's what they said. He's going to have lunch. We, Lane's like, why don't you have lunch with him and tell him then? But Pete had lunch plans with Harry Crane and Kenneth Cosgrove. I was just thinking, we haven't seen Kenzie Cosgrove in a while. And finally, we see Cosgrove. He is working. He's not at McCann. He seems to be working with someplace else. I don't really know. He's in advertising. He's got Mountain Dew and they're trying to get Pepsi-Cola. Um, just some small talk. He's, he's getting married. It just seemed like they were checking up on each other, eyeing each other out. Um, I'm not sure if later on um, he pawned off Clarisil to, to uh, someone else in the office or to Ken. I, I didn't quite get that. But um, I'll, I'll, it, was, it just seemed like we were just catching up with Ken. I assume we'll see him again. Uh, Harry was with them, but then he left. I thought maybe he left on purpose to set them up to talk to each other. And I'm yawning again. Imagine a podcast where the, where the host yawns because it's late. It is almost 10 o'clock when I'm recording this. And, you know, it's probably going to be another hour until it gets out to the Internet. Um, very unprofessional, very unprofessional. But that's why they pay me the, the big bucks that I, so I can yawn. And you're going to have to just listen and deal with it because you love me so much. Right, Chris? Right, Greg? Anyway, um, where the hell was I? Oh, they're at lunch. Uh, and it, um, Ken was like looking for an apology, saying that Pete was talking about him behind his back. And it turns out that his fiance and Trudy go to the same beauty salon or something like that, or belong to the same club. I don't know. Uh, but it, there wasn't much I got out of that. I don't know if there's more there, but there wasn't much I got out of that. Um, now towards the end of the episode, oh, so I'm going to stay with Pete for a little while. Pete ends up having his in-laws over and they're all excited about there's going to be a grandchild. And so, um, Pete's kind of feeling good, I guess, about being the fact that the dad was screwed up by telling him and the fact that he's going to be a dad himself. So he says, Oh, Trudy, go show your mom the room. And he's like, can I fix you a drink? And, um, the guy goes, oh, Pete, I know what you're going to say. You need a bigger apartment. Because if you remember, Trudy's parents helped them get this apartment. And Pete says, this was like, he's like, oh, I forget what his name was. Every time you open your mouth, I respect you a little less. Like, it was such a weird thing. And the guy's like, excuse me? I uh, goes, listen, we've, he just flat out tells him, we've, um, we've outgrown Clarisil. We, we've, he's like, well, we're supposed to, it's not making enough money. He goes, well, that's your problem. He's like, we have a conflict, and um, we've outgrown them or something. He goes, well, what do you want you to do? You gonna, what do you want me to do? He goes, I 
I want it all. Or you don't want Clearasil anymore? Or what do you want? Like Vicks, this, Vapor Rub, something. He was giving a little products. He goes, I want the whole thing. And the guy's like, what? He goes, I think, I think you know what I mean. And he walks away and he starts fixing him a drink. And I'm trying to figure out exactly what happened here. And the guy's like, you son of a bitch. Pete looks over his shoulder. His father-in-law just called him a son of a bitch. And he shrugs like, meh. And I, I rewound that and watched that again because as much as I've ragged on Pete and called him a sociopath and a crazy person, for some reason, that shrug, I loved it. And just the way he was like, eh, you're going to give me everything I want because I'm now your, grand, your, your grandchild's father. I think that's what he got. He realized, Pete, used, Pete realized that he could use his new position um, to kind of force this guy to give him everything because later on in the episode um, they are going out and meeting um, with the Clarisil people or the Vicks Vapor or whatever whatever it is because they're bringing in over I think it was four to six million dollars somewhere in that range it was definitely bigger than what they had before a big slice of the pie they in you know Pete nailed it he, he brought in a big one I thought that was really good for Pete uh, at the same time of course all the news is out that Pete is is going to be a father there's a card going around there's champagne going around and a card is given to Peggy to sign and she looks at it and she sees that Pete is going to be a father yes Peggy sees that Pete is going to be a father Pete is the same person who impregnated Peggy Huh? Right? Yes. Here we are. Um, so she just kind of signs it, gets up, and goes away. Goes in the other room. And she closes the door and bangs her head on the gr- on her table. And just like, ugh. And later we see her lying on the couch just looking a little depressed. She gets a call from that woman again to go hang out uh, with some of her friends. And they, they, she's like, oh, when can I meet you? They go, oh, we want to come up. They want to come up and see the secretary because the secretary is really hot. Uh, and so they all, I mean, that's, that's not me saying that. That would be very sexist. She's a very attractive young woman uh, who I think those guys would find very attractive. And if it was nowadays, those guys would find her very hot there. I said it. So uh, very attractive uh, woman. So they're like, oh, we want to come up and meet her. So Peggy goes out to meet them. All these young guys with their thick rim glasses and their beetle hair are, you know, just come to the door to see her, to see the secretary. They ask her to go out, but she can't go. At the same, this is at the same time that Pete is see, is with all the older white dudes ready to go out and talk about Clarisil. Peggy's going out with all the young, cool, hip, hip beatniks. Um, I don't know what they're called. This is like pre-hippie time. Um, and... They're going in different directions. At that moment, they're going in different directions. In life, they seem to be going in different directions, at least away from each other. Um, Peggy did come earlier to Pete and say, congratulations. Pete's like, I know. What a, what a big account. She goes, no, congratulations on the baby. He goes, oh, yes, that's news also. And I like that Pete kind of was delicate about that because he knows the truth about what happened between them. You know, Peggy didn't keep it from him. Um, so Later on, when they're leaving to go to different separate lunches, Peggy turns, Pete turns, and they just have this moment, this look. And it tells me they still have feelings for each other, and it's not done yet. 
Pete is in a very committed relationship as far as he's supposed to be in a committed relationship. I mean, you know, he'll go bang the au pair down the hall when Peggy's, when uh, Trudy's out of town, but he's in a real relationship where and now he's got a child. Peggy has a boyfriend who is a fiance who she didn't even like him saying fiance once. Um, so who knows what's going to happen with that? But they just looked at each other for just a moment and that was it. And Peggy is the rejected. She is the one who has been rejected by Pete or did Pete reject her or did she reject Pete? Either way, they're rejected to each other. And Peggy kind of sits there banging her head against the wall like, I rejected my child and gave it to adoption. I've been rejected. I see Pete going off and here I am doing nothing. She just felt like rejected because Pete's got a wife and Peggy and he's got a child coming and Peggy has nothing. She had no, I shouldn't say that she has a boyfriend. She has a fiance, but it doesn't seem like she cares that much about him. She'd rather go hang out with these young, these young cool dudes. Um, so in that sense, I felt like Peggy felt like she is the rejected bling bling. Now let's go back because you know who I really haven't mentioned in a long time. Donald Draper, old Dickie Whitman himself. I don't even know if we're ever going to hear him called Dick Whitman again. Because if we never see Anna, Anna again, then maybe we'll never hear Dick Whitman again. But right at, I'm going to go all the way back to that phone call with Lucky Strike. And while that was happening, he got a letter in the mail with a photo from Anna. And, and it was a photo of them a little younger. And a, nice, and a quick little letter. And he put the photo on the thing. And we're like, oh, she, so she's still alive. And there was a date on it, and I already forget what it was. It was months later. There was a date written on it, and I'm angry that I forgot. Oh, it was February. So when he was down there for New Year's, a couple of months later, she's still with it. She's still there. That's good. That's a good sign. Um, and Don's secretary, Allison, sees it, and she's like, oh, who, who's that? And Don's like a friend. And she's like, oh, uh, from, is that from the letter of Cal- from California? Yep. Now, if you remember, around Christmas time, Don Draper and Allison made whoopee. Yes. And or when before New Year's, Don didn't even mention it. He just went. He It was like it never happened. And it just seems there's a little awkwardness between them. Or at least awkwardness on her end. And Don's just kind of a douchebag and not even like mentioning the awkwardness. Oh, but it's coming. So the whole pond, Pond's cream thing, they have... Um, cold cream it's for skin and they have these different ideas they want to go about things uh, so they want to have a um, that the the woman there Dr. Miller I think is her name they want her to be uh, she's a consultant and she's going to come in and have a group I can't think of what they're called a controlled group where they ask all these questions and try to try to get a sense of why people would use this product but they they don't want to be focused on old women. They want younger women. And it's just easier to get the women in the office. So they get all these secretaries and Allison included into a room where they are behind a, uh, Don and Freddie and Peggy are behind a mirror while this Dr. Will Miller, I believe is her name. Uh, she's the mom from Stranger Things. She starts interviewing them and just kind of trying to become close with them and talking about routines and beauty and really, it's, it seemed like it's all about how do I get my man? How do I keep my man? And women are opening up and then women start crying about being rejected. And then Allison starts crying herself. And then she looks right into the mirror. You could tell she's staring right through Don. 
Don knows it, but doesn't really react. And after a while, she tears up and she just leaves and walks out. Peggy's like, oh, you know, I feel bad about this. I'll go talk to her. And she's like, look, uh, Allison, women cry like this all the time. You know, I apologize. This this thing happens. Something like this happens all the time. And uh, um, she's like, but it's it's so hard. I don't, I don't know how you do it. He's like, what are you talking about? You know, he just looks right through you. And I know and I, I knew he was on the other side of that marriage. She's like, Don? He's like, yes. And he's just a drunk and he just pretends like it doesn't happen. How could you even, how do you, how do you get better at this? And Peggy very quickly realizes, like, what the hell are you talking about? And and she's like, your problem is not my problem. Get over it. So Peggy's saying to her, you know, I mean, she didn't come out right out and say, I never, nothing ever happened with Don. But she's saying, nothing ever happened with Don. Get over it. Um, she kind of yelled at her. And, you know, that was really it. So um, Peggy comes back. She's like, yeah, she'll be okay. And Peggy's not going to say anything to Don. Um, but she's like, um, later on, Don goes back to her office. Allison comes in. He's like, yeah, can I help you? She goes, uh, she closes the door. Oh, she was in the office waiting and I'm sorry, Don came in and he's like, can I come in? She's like, it's your office. But she, he goes, are you okay? She goes, yes. But, um, I don't think, you know, I could work here anymore. We can't, what it happened. I can't, I can't pretend it didn't happen. It was a mistake, but I don't think I can work here anymore. And Don's like, well, I don't think I, I, I think we're adults. We're professional. We should be able to do this. She goes, I don't think I can do this anymore. Um, so I, you know, an opportunity opened up to work for a magazine and I can work, I'm going to go work for a woman. Can I ask you to write me a letter of recommendation? Don's like, yes, of course. He goes, in fact, because, because why don't you write up whatever you think you, you, whatever you think is best and I'll sign it. She's like, excuse me. And he thinks he's doing something good, going right up whatever you want to say. He's basically saying, hey, say whatever you want, and I'll sign it. Um, and she just takes this ball and throws it and smashes the frame and just run, grabs her purse and what, runs out of the room. And Don's like, Allison, wait. And uh, he, he she leaves, and Joan comes in. She's like, what the hell's going on? And he's like, eh, I, need an, I need a new secretary, and I need this cleaned up. And Joan's like, uh, do you want Allison back in a couple of days if she cools down? He's like, yeah, sure. And she's like, do you really? No, no, I don't. Um, so here's the thing. Allison, she's the rejected too. Yes. Oh, yes. There's two rejected. Uh, you see, Allison was re- rejected out and out by Don. Basically, they did it and Don doesn't even didn't even acknowledge it until she called him on it. And then she's like, I need to leave. I need to go someplace better. Can I have a letter of recommendation? He's like, sure, but I'm not going to put in any effort. I'm not going to write anything nice about you. There's no, I don't even know what to say about you. That's how little I think of you. You write it yourself and I'll sign it. And that's how she saw it because that's pretty much what it was. So she's freaking, she freaked out, threw some shit around and got out of there. And I have a feeling we'll never see her again. And the the next time Don goes, next time Don um, is at work, there's an older woman, Mrs. Langenship, Langenkamp, an older woman, which I think I, I want to look at the actress and I want to say, is that is that Ellen Travolta? I don't know if it was. I want to look it up. John Travolta's sister. She's always Scott Baio's mom, which t- then makes me think her son on this show is out there somewhere and it's Scott Baio. But that's only if it was Ellen Travolta. And I don't know if it was.
so I'm going to stop talking about it. Um, and then from there, kind of that's when Don heard about the Clara's, the whole Vix Vix account, and they all went out for lunch. Um, and I think that pretty much covers everything. You know, there were Freddie was in it a little bit, but nothing important happened there, uh, except you know the whole thing. Oh, Don saw that doctor again, and I think he was pissed about what happened with Allison, so he took it out on the doctor. And basically, he said, she's like, "This is what women want. This they they you you think they want beauty, you think they want this, but they just the way it seems like they're just trying to get a husband, just like just like Freddie thought, and Freddie sounded." You know, um, like an old fart saying it, but it turns out he wasn't really wrong. But Don still doesn't buy it. And he's like, the only reason they think this way is because we haven't told them how to think otherwise. You know, he, he's not trying to um, cater to what people think. He's trying to shape what people think. Uh, and that's basically this woman saying, this is how they think. So this is how we should advertise. And Don saying. This is how I'm going to advertise so that they think a different way and see it a different way. And that's how they will think. Don thinks we run my thing for a year. And if that doesn't work, bring them back in. And the woman's like, we did a lot of work on this. And he's like, you know, we're paying you. I'm the client. You're the, or she's like, you're the client. Don's like, yes, right. I am. I still have this terrible, um, you know, just feeling, not terrible feeling, but that Don's going to end up with this woman. I don't know. Uh, at one point, the, before you know, uh, the older secretary came in. Don went home, took out his typewriter, and started typing a letter of apology to Allison. He just like, I really, I want to apologize. I'm really sorry. This, you know, my life so far has been very. This, my life recently is very, and that was it. He didn't even bother. He went to bed. Um, no family in this. No, no, uh, no Betty or her new husband or the kids. Um, just uh, just Don alone. And uh, the episode ended with Don going back to his apartment. And he sees this old couple, this woman bringing home the shopping cart. And the guy be asking for pears. And he's all excited about pears. And that's just basically Don looking at this old couple who made it. Probably married 50, 60 years. Uh, and having a very, you know, just calm, basic, simple life. And Don, as much as he wants to be excited and all, and, and live this big, lavish lifestyle, he lives right across the hall from them, alone. Um, uh, there's still that nurse out there. He might end up with her. I, I, I just feel like Don is, you know, at least right now, he's going from one conquest to the next. And in the meantime, he's got that hooker that he could pay to slap him around. Um, but I don't know where Don goes from here. He... Um, he hung out, and after she smashed and left, he, at one point he hung out at his apartment alone, just sat there for hours, till the cleaning guy was the only guy left. Um, that's when he went home and wrote the paper, wrote the letter that he didn't even finish because he doesn't even have enough in him to apologize. That's how kind of empty he is sometimes, at least emotionally. Um, so I don't know if we'll ever see Allison again. It doesn't seem like Don cares enough about her. To want to be with her he didn't care enough about her to follow her and trace her and try to he, go, he called for her once and that was it um and i think i think i covered everything roger was very in this episode very minuscule it allison did say mr sterling roger i thought that was interesting that she called him by his first name um 
when she needed his attention. It was, I think it had to do with, you know, friggin' Lucky Strike again. Um, but I think I covered it. Pete's going to be a dad. Uh, but not to not to the child that she had with Pe- he had with Peggy. Peggy, you know, she's engaged, but she really likes hanging out with these new, young, cool, hip kids who I don't think are into advertising, but they do like smoking smoking a little ganja, smoking a little grass with the roach clip. Um, and she's meeting artists, so maybe she'll start either changing how she does uh, um, advertising, or she'll just kind of value the advertising less and think more, trying to be more of an artist. I don't know if they'll have that influence on her or her effect, but I don't think this group or these friends are over just yet. Um, and uh, Alice, it's gone. Dawn kind of drove her away with the coldness. Uh, she's rejected. Peggy's rejected. Um, uh, for a moment, Pete's father-in-law was going to be rejected, but instead Pete used it for himself. Um, so I think... I think I covered everything we saw. We saw uh, Ken for a bit. Not much really there. Harry was in this ep- was in this episode a bit, but again, he just kind of facilitated Ken and uh, Pete meeting up again. And yeah, I mean, a lot of Peggy, a lot of Pete. Pete had one of my favorite moments of him so far. Just that shrug, like, eh, whatever. You mad at me? I don't. You're a son of. You call me a son of a bitch? Man, I don't care. Um, I, as much as I rag on Pete, I did love that moment. So I think that's it. I think I've covered just about everything. So ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say thank you once again for listening. My name is Mike. I can be found on Twitter at made man pod. The website is fans, not slash made man. We're also available on anchor anchor.fm slash made man where you can listen subscribe you can leave me messages all through anchor if you listen through the anchor app or through the anchor website i thank you for listening and um you know i'm on a journey i'm on a mission from god and uh i just have to say i want to thank you for coming along with me i want to thank you for coming along with me on this adventure of a lifetime on this adventure as i travel the cosmos and yearn to strive for the title that I created myself of Made Man. The Bruins are in the Stanley Cup Finals. Go! Fans not experts.